What is up, Cage Nash? This is David coming to you uh, solo, um, on my own. No Derek here, and we got rid. Of, and isn't that nice that it's just you and me, dear listener? Got rid of that stick in the mud. Um, but so yeah, the reason that you're hearing me uh, alone for the first part of this podcast is I just wanted to let you guys know um, we had a little bit of uh, sort of an audio hiccup with this episode and we have worked hard both Derek and I like have done passes trying to get the episode which we because we really really liked this one um, we were we both did passes to try to get it into a listenable state where it could still be enjoyable and still worthwhile um, but I just wanted to give you guys a heads up before the episode actually started that it's going to be a little wonky. Um, we already don't have the best uh, capacity for for great audio, just with our recording setup and my abysmal uh, audio editing skills. So, um, this yeah, if you if you really want to skip this one, totally no, we won't be offended. Uh, go ahead and skip that, and we'll make sure to fill everyone in on what happened in this episode. Uh, just like as far as where this. F- film ghostwriter fits into the larger ranking in the the subsequent episode episode um but yeah i just wanted to reach out to you guys get a little one-on-one time let you know because uh, i care about you um so yeah thank you cage nace you guys are the best and uh i hope you enjoy the episode bye Hello and welcome to Contemporary Cage, an informed and expert look at actor Nicolas Cage's contemporary filmography. On this week's episode, we are watching the 2007 film Ghost Rider. Back, Derek. Welcome back into the the world of uh, into the world of Cage. The Cage Boys are back. Wish I could say it's good to be back. Yeah, you know it's a hard time, but I, I'm happy to be here with you. It's a beautiful uh, Los Angeles day, and um, I'm I'm excited uh, to be here with you, my friend. You know the feelings mutual, buddy. Oh, sweet boy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we we missed uh, last week, which is fine. We we got to do that every once in a while. A little R and R, rest and relaxation, which you need. You need to take those mental vacations to sort of uh, m- mentally refortify. I feel like I'm always on a mental vacation. <laughs> Just perpetually. Yeah. Kind of checked out permanently, especially when I'm working Ooh. hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about right now? Are you uh, are are your bags uh? Packed or unpacked? <laughs> I don't know. My bag. Are you are... in a Tommy Bahama shirt and a straw hat, sipping a pina colada, or are you in business, uh, a business suit? I'm in jeans and a t-shirt, sipping a mocha boba. That sounds like vacation, Derek, to me, and I'm happy to have them. Hey, feels good. I need a job. <laughs> please, uh, please hire me. Please help. 
Yeah, um, the, we're both uh, unemployed. I uh, think is we, the uh, term in the professional world. You could say unemployed. Our situations. You could also say we host a weekly Nicholas Cage podcast. Yes. They're kind of one and the same. Yeah, which is very, very um, just a, a fruitful job. I'm trying my best. I apply to jobs all the time. I got an email from Indeed. It said, hey, we have a job for you, and it was a janitorial position for floor care. Uh-oh. So that's the job market right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's a little... A lot of our brutal. a lot of our great creative minds, though, I feel like spent some time as janitors. There's uh, Charlie Kelly, the Goodwill Hunting guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great one. I was sort of just doing jokey ones, but that's a great one. And he's not real, or no, he was real, right? He, he was, was a real. Robin Williams was real. Yeah, that's true. Robin Williams, R.I.P. Uh, spoilers: Robin Williams plays the janitor. Yes, and he did pass away. So spoilers for that as well. Unfortunately, mega spoilers. Um, but uh, here's what we're gonna do. Derek? Okay. We're going to wait for this plane because it's really... Yeah. I wish... Uh, hey, you remember that, that bit in comedy, Bang Bang, when they would take a plane break? That was a, oh, yeah. That was a good moment from a better podcast. Why do you keep looking at it like there's an audience? Well, we're... Uh, it's not recording right now. Oh, really? No. Should I start told, it? Could have told me. <laughs> um, yeah, let's actually let's get that camera rolling because we're about okay. to jump into a new segment, uh, everybody. And there's actually a live feed, uh, a live poll up on Twitter right now that we're going to consult because I I went to the masses, I went to Cage Nation to figure out what we're going to title uh, the new segment in our show where we're going to be reacting to new trailers that, uh, of films that Nicolas Cage is in. Did you just put it up or did they vote? I, I put it up. There's votes. It's still ongoing. So I'm going to tell you the, the front runner and then uh, next week we'll, we'll come in with the climactic the conclusion. Con- so what do we call Climactic it? conclusion. What do we call it this week? Well, I'm just going to let you, you, let you know. And I might even, uh, yeah, I'm going to let you know, know the four different options. Uh, I'll get your uh, opinion too. Derek, maybe you can get a vote in here. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, we're gonna. This is uh, basically we're ripping off the fine bros. Don't don't sue us, fine bros. You know what I'm talking about, Derek? Yeah. The no. dudes who copyrighted React videos. Oh, Do you remember that whole fiasco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did hear about that. Which I feel like is good. Let's uh, the the number one way to get internet heat. Derek, to get heat on social media, Ooh. starting YouTube beefs, and we're calling out the Fine Brothers. Hey, Fine Bros? We're stepping into your fucking territory, Fine Bros. Guess what, buddy? There's another reactor in town. The yes. nuclear reactor. Oh, <laughs> yes. Love it, Derek. Love the confidence. Yeah. Um, but yes, please don't sue us, Fine Brothers. Um, My brother is in law school, so. Oh, that's true. That's a, that's a Fine Brother in himself, and I mean handsome. Yeah, he's he's a Viking. Okay, so um, <laughs> he is. Uh, so the trailers that we have for this React uh, segment uh, are as follows: Teasing Nikki, a little a fun little uh, take on, on the teaser. That's right? great. I love Teasing that one. Nikki. Anything with Nikki in it is my favorite. Yeah, I do kind of like infantilizing him <laughs> as well, which <laughs> isn't great. Uh, the current. I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, these sort of in order of uh, least votes to most votes. Um, 
Cage Boys Film Joys. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I hate that one. I like that. I've got Clegg and Giddy. These are good. I thought of them minutes before we Cage started. Cage Boys Film Joys? Yeah. Get I like that. All of these either deal with... Uh, well, most of them deal with uh, some sort of a pun or just rhyming convention. Uh, next up, we have Loosed from the Cage. Not bad. Like, releasing from the cage. Loosed is fun. Yeah. Say. I was like, oh, I, I had to look it up to make sure that I was like, am I using this correctly? Because I never use the word like loosed. It, it can be applied to so many segments, though. Mm, yeah. And then the current frontrunner, which, again, is not specific to Trailer Reacts, the Coppola Cabana. Oh. <laughs> People are liking that one. Oh, I would be happy with that one or Tease and Nikki. Tease and Nikki and the Coppola Cabana. Coppola um, Cabana is more fun to say. Yeah, and I, I and speaking, we're on vacation time, right, baby? Hey, my bags are packed and then unpacked. Hanging out uh, in the Coppola Cabana with a pina colada. Uh, if that name does stick, I'll uh, make the little jingle for this segment. Uh, oh. Some, like, island time music. Hey. Hey. Um, but anyway, so the trailer that we are reacting to just released, Inconceivable. It's coming out this year. Uh, Nicolas Cage, Gina Gershon, and uh, and Faye Dunaway uh, star in this, and it's sort of like an erotic thriller. I think that Faye and Nick are married in... Gina Gershon plays a nanny. There's nothing more erotic than homogenous marriage. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think this is sort of an erotic thriller with a nanny angle. But so. it's like everybody wants Nick's. I don't know. Everybody's I, I, teasing Nick. So we're, we're seeing the trailer for the first time. We're about to learn this, my dude. Um, but it is, uh, I, I'll, I will note up top, this is kind of a different genre than we see him in traditionally. We don't usually see him do doing, like, romantic thrillers. Yeah, I mean, he always likes to be the romantic interest. Yeah, yeah, well, he's always our protagonist for the most part. But, um, yeah. Uh, well? Are you ready to... Should I pop it in press play? second gear? Yes, 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 yes. It's a school zone, so... Don't want to get too crazy. No, no, no. And here we go. Ooh, that green screen. I always go get so excited when I see that green preview. You know, in screen. Hollywood, they can replace green. Oh, oh, okay. So Nick's married to Gina Gershon. They're in bed together. He has a very loving father. Not great at cartwheels, that kid. Yeah, really bad at cartwheels. Dancing with moms, playing in fountains. I'm Angela Morgan. Oh no! Biggest mistake of your life. Yes, the women have met one another. Here it is. Nice to meet you, Doctor Morgan. Oh, he's a Doctor Morgan, another professor, probably. I just feel like I'm part of the family now. It's very, very like waspy, white, affluent look to this movie so far, which is in line for traditional erotic thrillers. And if you change the score, it would be a perfect set for a comedy. Yeah, that's true. Wait, you're gonna ask me? Me. What are you doing? They're my babies. Oh, oh my goodness. So we got a psychopath. Yeah. You take selfies like that and put them on the fridge. I've noticed that there are there is a, a trend of erotic thrillers are kind of coming back. I think it's because everyone's losing their minds lately. <laughs> yeah, this is just a sign of that time. Oh my goodness. Just like you. Yeah, I get that all the time. She's not your daughter. This is your job. Yeah. So the nanny's encroaching upon mommy's territory. 
And Mommy says, no, stay away from my cubs, you dirty bitch. And Nick says enough. He looks, uh, this seems like, uh, um, um, like he's not really the central focus of this movie. No. I feel like he might be like an, uh, object of manipulation. Yes. Right. He's kind of like this dumb thing that's being won by the women. They've been fighting over him. Oh my god. And there's always a kitchen knife. There's always a struggle in a kitchen. Oh, wow, guys. Yeah. Inconceivable. Makes And Derek and I, we were talking a little bit about how that title makes us think of uh, the classic Wallace Shawn line from Princess uh, Bride. Everybody thinks of that when you hear that word. Inconceivable. He, sh- he should have a copyright on Conceivable. Or I'm thinking Wallace Shawn would have made this uh, this trailer a little better. Yeah. TBH, to I mean, be honest. Um, so the co- first visit to the Coppola Cabana, Derek, what'd you, what are your thoughts coming away from that? I'm thinking... Gone Girl is a good movie, and I'd rather watch it than oh, whatever Gone Girl is. is a good movie. <laughs> David Fincher is one of my faves. Yeah. I really love him. Uh, Doesn't look particularly interesting. Looks like there was about three different sets that whole movie. The kitchen, <laughs> the bedroom, and that beach. A lot's happening in that kitchen. What um, was going on in that beach? Because that was a... Maybe that was, like, her previous case. She's, like, a drifter nanny, and, like, that was the first oh, family she, like, her killed. Her backstory. Because it seemed like, crazy. yeah, that that woman that she, like, attacks in the lake doesn't show up anymore. And then That's she moves on to Gina Gershon and trying to stake that territory. with the fishes. Oh, my goodness. Dave. Do you think that's what happened to her? Well, that looks, you know, Gina Gershon is looking very beautiful in that trailer. Look at this. I'm sure it's better than Ghost Rider. That's a great little segue. Um, do we, yeah, anything else we want to say about that? I mean, um, that, looks, that looks kind of boring. I, don't, I would si- never yeah. see that outside of the context of a review for this podcast. And if, a, if I was in a cabana, I wouldn't be putting that movie on. Ooh, maybe a little late night beach movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a common situation where you're watching a movie on late, late night. night beach movie. I'm saying, imagine this, if you will. Uh, let me take you there mentally. You're in a beachfront house, luxurious. Uh, it's black outside, nighttime. <laughs> and you're alone in this luxurious house. That might be a fun one to throw on the television. No. We'll see. It's <laughs> we'll coming see. up. We'll, 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 uh, I, I don't know what the official release date for that is, but it is uh, It is this year. Well, you never know with... Another one to look forward to. Trailers, too. It could be a totally different movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. That's a, that's a great point. You, you, uh, they just wanted all this, the shots of her looking weird and with a knife and... That's kind of generic, but uh, another uh, because I failed your segue because I had more to say about uh, to say about inconceivable. I'm going to give you another uh, segue. I feel like it, in my mind, what Ghost Rider was based on branding and it's just like the public rep- rep- uh, reputation of that film uh, was really really different than what that movie actually was. Like I, I, there were things about it that surprised me, and I'm not saying that in, in a positive way necessarily. Um, but there were there were things about that movie that were like way more campy uh, and and way less like traditional like generic superhero uh, about that film. I mean, I, I have some positive things to say about it. Yeah. In that I'm positive it's terrible. <laughs> Whoa! What a twist! Hey, you can't sue me for that. Um, 
I'll try. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Ghost Rider, 2007. Mark Thomas Johnson directed uh, superhero film, Marvel superhero film. This guy was hot off of Daredevil, the success story of Daredevil. And I think maybe a good way to start this conversation is uh, is a conversation that we had um, during while we were watching it, and it was just like, what was the state of superhero films at this time? Like, and one of the things that we said was like, Iron Man came out the next year, right? That that was that was another Marvel film that came out that next year, and I, there might have been different production houses because I know Iron Man was the first of the like new Marvel Cinematic Universe, the one that like I think that was when Disney uh, had taken uh, control of Marvel. And then I know that uh, Ghost Rider and Daredevil and X-Men were all Sony, I believe. I'm not 100% sure on, on, on that stuff, but yeah. And then also uh, Batman Begins came out uh, two years previous to this film. Um, and yeah. like but then when does The Dark Knight come out? That was 2008. Okay, so the year after yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. You got to go to the valley before you can reach the hill. Yeah, it's it is a pretty crazy thing to think that uh, this movie, it, 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 the the films that it was being competitive with, the other like films that it shares a genre with, uh, were things that were doing really groundbreaking, innovative stuff in those genres, like Dark Knight and Iron Man. Like the like Iron Man like proved how funny and like. Uh, and, and how much of like a singular identity uh, a superhero film had, and it was like really really successful in introducing the tone that has now been in like every single Marvel film since yeah. then, like twenty other films that like established this this universe and had and like built the bedrock for that uh, universe pretty successfully. And then Dark Knight, which is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, where it's where you are having like a really serious, um, much darker take on, on on superheroes and having success with that. Um, yeah what do you think what do you think about it It, it's it's hard because it is it it is a much worse film than those films is the point that i'm getting at well well, yeah it reminds me of um like um as if all of film hasn't matured yet like the medium itself Mm. has like not become uh a viable art form but it was you know 2007 so it has that movie's just really bad yeah i i i didn't so i think this is the movie that we might uh disagree on the most out of all these because i i definitely didn't like it and i i'm not gonna sit here and defend it because i don't think that's there's like i'm it's not a movie that i'm gonna go to bat for but uh there were like campy elements to this movie that, that kind of surprised me. My initial point of saying that the um, the image, of, like my perception of what this movie was versus like what I actually discovered this movie to be, were really different. Like my initial um, assumption was that it was going to be like sort of in that like emo gothic, like lots of evanescence music and sort of like influenced by the matrix like bad sunglasses and leather trench coats and things like that i thought it was going to have that uh stylistic flavor and overall tone and there's definitely some of that especially in like the the villains in this movie are literally just like 
a fucking like it, it, it's like imagine if a corporation tried to create a metal band like they look so ridiculous they all just have like gross combat boots and like leather trench coats uh and they, yeah they look just like hot topic models they're terrible but then on, on the flip side of that there's also like a handful of like idiosyncratic and just really really weird um characterization with johnny blaze which is nick's character in the film um and i think like one of the, one of those great things is uh he, he's obsessed with jelly beans he's not a drinker doesn't doesn't touch uh, booze but he uh loves jelly beans yellow and red particularly drinks them or eats them out of a martini glass which is it, which is crazy and it's like a, a a bold i don't know if i would go so far to say it's bold like that's not something worth congratulating but it is just like oh this could be fun if like the rest of this movie felt idiosyncratic in this way you kind of know what i mean yes um i don't know do, do you had did you have any moments like that where you were like oh this this single element uh of characterization or just thing did you have any like surprise in seeing this movie yes like like what were you, what were was, you surprised by i was very surprised um well um i think the first half of the movie besides the uh the very beginning where he explains where he gets his powers and sells his soul mm-hmm. besides that um it's got that almost like guardians of the galaxy what is this doing here kind of quirkiness and uh, off axis. Yeah. Particularly, I mean, a guy who eats jelly beans is one thing, but to have a serious scene with him, you know, putting jelly beans in a martini glass right. and then oxidating it yeah. by, by swirling the jelly beans as he's talking. But there's another moment uh, with the female protagonist, the love interest, um, Eva Mendez, played by Eva Mendez. Eva Mendez. Do, doing, uh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but doing, like, um, amazing work given w- w- the confines she has of this movie. Like, I do think that she was being genuinely funny with the, like, pretty shit writing and direction she got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of distracting because every, every scene she was in, the director popped open her top before yeah, she walked out. <laughs> costume design in this movie, Eva Mendez is just like a, a stunningly beautiful person it's like one of those it's like i like i know that this is shitty and objectifying but it's like she is distractingly beautiful well the beauty has nothing to do about it you can be beautiful in a movie it's literally like every clo- article of clothing she wears after a certain point in the movie is like you yeah. have to have someone in costume like barely putting the like cloth of her t-shirt over her tit to make sure it's as far down as it can go. That was sort of my point. It is like this idea of like really needing to over sexualize her through her wardrobe is just like, oh, this is person of oh, a person who's like beauty is like, regardless of like what she's wearing, like you, the audience gets that she is a beautiful woman. I mean, she's like a gorgeous Hollywood actress. Yeah. So um, it works pretty much done for you. There's also like a. But yeah, sorry, what was the scene that you oh, were going to bring well, up with her? She was uh, getting stood up by Nick Cage's character because he was going all hellspawn on everybody. Yeah, possessed um, by the devil. Mm-hmm. And uh, she pulls out, she's like, it's like keeps cutting it to her, like looking kind of stressed and worried that he's not going to come. One of those classic Hollywood like com- comedy rom-com scenes of like 
It's, oh no, I'm being stood up and I'm kind the of waiter, embarrassed. Waiter keeps coming. A little extra wine, please. Uh, he'll be here. He'll uh-huh. be here. And then she whips out a magic eight ball, which uh, yes, it's like a big one too, like a big magic eight ball that I assume she has in her purse. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. For moments of self doubt like this, which she shakes, and we don't even get to see what it says. We just see her. Right. It doesn't. Touch. <laughs> oh, that's so. We just good. see her negative reaction, which that's fun and that's fine and and that's. That's cool. Yeah. But like only like two or three things like that happen in the whole movie. So it just seems wildly out of place. Totally. Strange. Um but yeah, I will say that there were like the, the that weirdness uh and those like idiosyncrasies th- throughout the film. There's a handful of them. Like one of them is that Nick listens to uh or Johnny Blaze listens to the Carpenters to get psyched up, which is and he's like obsessed with the Carpenters, which is like he, he uh, for those of you who don't know, like the basic plot synopsis, he is like a stunt oh. writer who gets uh, who sells his soul to the devil. Um, I was gonna start singing. I thought you were gonna say, for those of you who don't know, the Carpenters. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'd love to hear a little I bit of that. Do and that's so nice. And that is unfortunately all we're gonna get here, <laughs> listeners. Um, he, I wrote monkeys down. Do you know what I'm? referring to in that oh yeah yeah he he loves uh that nate there's a nature documentary on his like crew like the uh his stunt crew the guys who like work on his bikes donald logue who plays his best friend are all hanging out in tour bus they're like playing video games drinking like smoking cussing chewing spitting well they're playing video games yeah they're they're like doing the adult thing where an actor picks up a controller and just mashes every button and like shakes the controller yeah and has clearly never played a video game in its life excuse me and also uh nick uh, so johnny blaze is at a stage in his just like um in his fame and celebrity that this is a branded johnny blaze video game Yeah, playing the johnny blaze game and uh but johnny blaze himself couldn't be more disinterested in that he's more interested in his is yellow and red jellies and uh, a nature documentary about howler monkeys. Yeah, he loves howler monkeys. Yeah, a TV obsessed. Uh, he's also like, there's a scene of him hanging out at his apartment later watching just uh, cartoons and laughing uproariously, just like immediately. He sits laughing. down, clicks it on, and immediately loses his yeah. shit. Tom gets hit with a frying pan and he's freaking <laughs> yeah, out. Like, what? Yeah, and Donald Logue is trying to have like a serious conversation with him about like, settling down or something or or no i think he's just like reel it back because he was being really really reckless in one of his stunts and and, yeah and johnny's just not having any of that i mean i kind of like the idea the monkey's just in in that he is actually tied to a biblical enemy which is satan and like uh the whole you know evolution and monkeys thing has been like a like a topic that stupid people yell at each other about um so, you know, obsessed right. with... I like, didn't descend from no monkey. Right, yeah. yeah. So, like, obsessed with this, like, previous evolution of humanity that might play into the, like, lack of, you know, control humanity has in relationship with, like, uh, you know, sin and, you know, temptation and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, no, totally. I think that's a great point. And also, no need to write in, uh, no need to K-direct us. We, we all know fossils were put by the devil as lies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, as I, I was going to say is that we know that humans didn't evolve from monkeys. They evolved from apes. So. Oh. Yeah. Sure they did. Yeah. <laughs> if you believe in that mumbo-jumbo. You believe in that monkey business. Darwinism. 
Um, but yeah, so that but that's like we've exhausted those like weird idiosyncrasies. Like get, they get spent very early on. Mm-hmm. There, there's a way way too long origin story of young Johnny Blaze and his dad. The reason that he sells his soul to the devil is to. Uh, cure his dad's cancer, and then his dad just like dies in a motorcycle wreck the next day. And the devil sucks. The, the devil, devil does suck. Sucks. Played by um, I want to say Peter Falk. Is that right? I don't know. But anyway, I, I have like because Satan and the devil to me is one of the most interesting, like um, your big devil guy. Well, the, the thing is like Kristen and I went on my girlfriend and I went on like a little vacation and. I kept talking about how interesting I thought Satan was. Yeah. And she got a little weirded out. But basically, like, the idea of an angel who was, like, charmed the creator of the universe and became favorited and then, you know, fell from grace and is now, like, a beautiful manipulation of humanity, like, is super interesting and intense and, Mm -hmm. and, like, purely, like, gothic in a way that's not, like, bastardized by like capitalism like it's it's it is like the battle of good and evil represented in this beautiful angel yeah it's like a demon purely from like a mythological standpoint it, it's super interesting and i think that's one of the big reasons why nick was so drawn to it he's exactly. like he, he's talked about uh loving and, and thinking of uh comic books and superheroes as like new contemporary mythology sure um and this is like a, a really really clean marriage of those two the, the character of ghost rider i'm not saying this movie successfully explores that but uh, Ghost Rider is, like, um, sort of interweaving old, like, histo- historical, biblical mythology uh, with contemporary mythology. And, and it, it, you know, I'm sure that a film could have done an interesting job of exploring those things. This wasn't that film, though. No, the devil might as well have had, like, plastic party time horns. He, um, he was very, very, uh, he, he was, like, that contemporary um, depiction of the devil of just, like, straight-laced, kind of rigid, cold, uh, craven, um, like, calculated businessman, kind yeah. of, you know? He, yeah, he had kind that. of like devil's advocate devil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, he seems so powerless, like, all the time in the movie. Like, yeah. somehow Nick's always got the upper hand on him, even though it's like, you're the freaking devil, dude. Yeah, his son is trying, his son and, like, the rest of the, like, metal band rejects are trying to Worst take... part of the movie. Oh, but the best part of the movie. Why are they doing that, Derek? Why are those boys trying to take over? There's going to be a new hell. Yeah. Welcome to new hell. Daddy's which is done. <laughs> maybe my favorite th- like concept ever in a film is just the I idea mean, of old hell. You thought you had a hard and old hell. Welcome well, welcome to, to new hell. It's like from second one when you see the character, he's just being a bad daddy and killing people and trying to get what he wants. And so they need some sort of motivation. <laughs> right. There. Why is and he doing like this? And it's like a quick little throwaway line. Where he's like, oh, yeah, well, wait till it's new hell. Yeah. Oh, that's it. And there's that's no, it. like, specificity of, like, what his aspirations for new hell are. Or, like, what hell is like, now. Like, like, if, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we don't know anything about that as a place. Uh, like, the devil seems kind of chill and powerless, too. Like, he, he does. He, he's, like, scared throughout the thing of his son and, like, the boys that his son hangs with. And it's like, dog, you're the devil. Like, why do you have to get this, like, stunt? motorcycle rider to come and like fight your battles for you it he's, doesn't he's so not satan and he is so the devil 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he got like went to party time and got like a red devil outfit and like yeah. a, a plastic trident to um, come or pitchfork. Oh god. Um Oh, uh, young Rebel Wilson, her first film role. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in there. She has a pretty uh, comedic scene where she's described. She gets saved by Nick Cage in Ghost Rider form, flame and bad CGI skull and all. Yeah, uh, the fire wasn't actually that bad. Fire, fire notoriously cool. hard to do with CGI, but the skull. Yeah, there was like no texture. Yeah, or like depth to the skull. It looks like um, like an early access game. Yeah, skull totally. Some just like bad video game CGI, and that was the thing. It was like this was like two thousand seven, like CGI. There was definitely better CGI at this point. Um, Jar Jar, <laughs> say no more. <laughs> the, the, the current st- like height, the ceiling for good CGI. The staple, yeah, of modern. But everyone points to generated imagery. Uh, but anyway, Rebel Wilson has a funny scene where she's described. Eva Mendez is playing a news reporter, and she's interviewing Rebel Wilson about being saved by this ghost rider. And they're like, "Oh, this crazy girl! This description's nuts." And she's talking about how he's got fire on his head. I thought that she was looks ridiculous. Funny. She does. She's like, a, a, like just like fell into a pile, like a like a hot. Topic like dumpster Clearance or something like that. Yeah, topic, she yeah. pushed into that and like stumbled out. Just At like least a the, ton of studded black bracelets. The and, stupid bad guys look like they got like the more expensive hot topics. Right, where she just looks like she got yeah. The, everything's made of plastic and yes. like I think her shirt says like something like weirdly sexual oh, yeah, like I won't bite or hard you know some stupid like that. Yeah, it's some sort of thing to insinuate that she's like has vampiric interests yeah i don't know it's dumb as shit but anyway that was fun to see a young star show up rebel wilson is very funny yeah the context is interesting because she's better in that movie yeah exactly it was kind of like seeing uh rose Byrne and uh in knowing and being like oh she deserves better than this but she's just like not quite there in her career to be able to say no to something this bad yeah and then eva mendez too totally in that right uh well but like luckily she like got to like go up and be in a better nick cage movie eventually it's a big uh, blockbuster hollywood yeah no you don't say no to those especially it's like oh this could turn into a huge franchise right where i just like i'm set for life i mean they really are more hit and miss than anything else so they should be seen more of as a risk like Fantastic Four and like a lot of big flops and the one X-Men that was terrible yeah they're not you know there was that Superman reboot Superman Returns and totally oh. did terribly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, another uh, another thing uh, Sam Elliott is in this movie and he's the best he and e- he and Eva Mendes I think are like the, sa- the the best pieces of this movie yeah he's just like he's just one of the those actors that like he could literally be saying anything and it's fucking cool and i like the graveyard that he lives in and it has his shovel and yes um, it, it's a cool location it has a shovel and yeah the shovel there, cool. there's a shovel that comes into play later it's a little secret in there yeah look for the shovel and did you see in the background of this graveyard, Derek, a certain triangular shaped no. tomb? No. No. That okay. Would be, that would be amazing if they made reference to that. Tomb. Yeah. Okay. Um, move the tomb! <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and Sam Elliott, if, if you don't know, he I feel like he's maybe one of those character actors that everyone knows like by seeing him but might not know his name. He's like infamously in uh in the Big Lebowski. Yep, Tombstone. Yeah. He plays Tombstone uh, as well. Uh Ron Swanson's weird counterpart, the black oh, hippie version of Ron. That's right. 
And he's just got, yeah, he just has the best voice, he I does. think, in all of Hollywood. I love his voice so much. Um, it's good. And he also, <laughs> I'll talk about his beard really quick in this movie. His mustache is the most fucking intense thing ever. It's I can't just like. Imagine being able to grow that much facial hair. It's amazing. It's just encompassing, like, a, a quarter of his face. And he also has, like, five o'clock shadow but for it goes up to his fucking eyes it's like you can't see it like he's probably wearing like a deep like button up shirt or something and it just like extends down and it's so thick it's just with a voice like that you gotta have just yeah. so much testosterone. Oh, I wish I could do a good Sam Elliott impression no I, I can't even fucking try a Sam Elliott versus like two little tweet twigging nerds doing a yeah freaking Nick Cage podcast there's a difference in the worlds right um roadhouse too he's amazing in that as a uh, plays uh who's fucking oh shit patrick swayze's like uh buddy i mean he's good in the movie just like yeah it's very silly at the end yes he yes, gets yes. to like ride out on a tell me about bars. this part so he's he's the original ghost rider he's the original like mm-hmm. fuck you devil yeah um back when back in the cowboy times mm-hmm. and he kind of guides nick through his ghost riding nick proves himself to be a ghost rider at heart just like he is who's like not being held down by um the devil right. and um they're going to their final showdown and Sam Elliott gets on his flaming horse and becomes Ghost Rider and um, leads Nick across the desert really fast through a trail of fire to the final showdown location. And once they get there, he's like, well, I'm going to go. And Nick's like, oh, what? And he goes, well, it's been like however many thousands of years or hundreds of years. I can only do that one last time, turn into the Ghost Rider. And I wanted to wait to... Uh, ride alongside you across the desert to take you to a place you needed to go and, and now it's all over and what a climax my existence has been and then he just fades away and it's totally meaningless and very silly yeah his last big hurrah is basically just like getting in a carpool and just like and then he just turns into dust you just drop a pin uh instead of doing that and you can remain the ghost rider yeah i don't know this is like the lead up to nick is traveling to this like this old western abandoned village this ghost town that whole ending sequence is so bad it makes me shiver yeah like that there's nothing like worth addressing there i don't even think but like uh yeah you get this sense that like sam elliott is going to join him on this climactic battle and then he's just like peace dog yeah (laughs) and you did it ghost rider drifts away um yeah. There's some cool um, Ghost Rider um, ways that he has to defeat these element boys. Right, yeah. So all of the, um, like, all of... Uh, the main prince of darkness, right. the son of the devil, he has, like, a couple... Got a little posse. He's got a posse of just, you know, um, generic, un, yeah. uh, like... Uh, just de- demon... I don't know. They're, they're, they're hell people. Yeah, they're hell people. They have no line, real lines. or They're basically... No. The um the people from Hercules the um the Titans yeah, yeah where they yeah. all each like represent an element but they're you know humans that like there's a windy one who's like always got a fan blowing on him and he turns into wind uh, a gross swampy one who can like form in the water and and the Earth one yeah who's just kind of like a sand guy yeah I don't remember what happened oh he gets just a no well but basically nick cage's superpowers most of the time are just punching like a lot of times he's got a chain whip but then he has to develop the chain whip yeah um but like most of the fighting in this movie is just like 
punching. Yeah, it's really bad. Lots of like, um, like not kung fu punching, just like super punch. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think they were sort of taking the stance of like it's still just interesting to see someone like. It just to see it like faked that someone's very strong so yeah. like he'll throw a punch and then someone will just blow back on wires like you know 20 feet and you know uh and it's just like the least interesting we were having a conversation about like the marvel shows and i was making a point that like daredevil is my favorite of those because he like he doesn't have a super strength power so they just have to show him like do like doing martial arts and doing like fight choreography and that's the way they show how he's empowered in combat but with jessica jones and uh luke cage those are both characters that are empowered through strength they have super strength so there's like a lot of wire work and there's just less interesting choreography and it's just like it, it is less like impactful to me uh well, for i mean especially scene. when you can pull upon you know demonic and and uh, like um you know like powers of angels and demons that's a great point yeah they just know? his powers it didn't necessarily need to be super clean like you know karate or anything no. like that but it just needed to have his powers manifest in some sort of a visually interesting it's way. It's just like, what does he do? Well, I guess he could just, like, punch people. That Yeah. But the when he's not punching people, he does use, like, a chain whip, just a chain link. Flame and chain. Flame and chain, and, and um, he makes it go on fire. And he has to use it in interesting ways to kind of, like, to kill the wind guy. He, like, whips it around to make it, like, a twister so yeah. it, like, engulfs him in fire. It's like he's in a blender. The water fight, though, with the water guy... The pacing is so outrageously bad yeah. at that fight. It's literally like, oh, we're trying to get to the climax, to the to the showdown, and on the way, he's going through like a swamp, and we're like, oh yeah, there was a water guy too. Yeah. And so we're like, um, okay, he's got to fight the water guy somehow, and the fight's really fast and not super interesting, and it is like just a killer of pace. It's like you really have to just get through I'm sure they yeah. shot so much more of it I'm sure like a studio head came into the editing room and he's like guys I love that you're at like uh, I love where the movie's at but you guys are at like an hour 37 right now I'd love to get that cool hour 30 minutes and just like or even just like <laughs> watching the that. movie and being like oh that big this fight drags. is happening now like yeah oh, that's right, we've been developing the water guy this whole time, and we really want him in the beginning so we can do that fun CGI trick where his eyeball is like a drop of water and he flips it off Yeah. because we spent so much money on that and it looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, because compared to the other ones, like, they were long. Like, the first elemental fight Nick Cage has is kind of like an introduction to what his powers are and who he is. Right. So that's kind of long. And the wind one's a little more interesting because he has to, like, think outside the box to defeat him. Um, but the water guy comes so late, you're ready for the movie to end or for the final battle to happen. You almost forget. Like, he's clawing at Nick's ankles just like this fight claws at the ankles of the pacing of the film. Like, you know, wow. thank you. I'm, it's a beautiful metaphor. I'm just... Um, That's why we got Derek on the show, guys. Guys, um, thank you. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great point. Uh, and, and, like, I think that's also an interesting way. Like, we haven't really been looking at this movie as, like, Neither of us are Ghost Rider fans from the comic book, right? No. We don't have this awareness of this character. So I'm but sure if I like, was, I'd hate it even more. Right, that's, yeah, that's exactly my point, is, like, I feel like there's an angle that we're missing of, like, missed opportunities. One of those that I do think I might have, like, a little bit of insight to is that um, the the characters of Johnny Blaze and Ghost Rider are, like, disparate things. They have disparate, like, personas and identities, where that's, like, 
at least supposedly the film puts that forth. It's like a werewolf. Yeah, or like a Hulk, right? That's the yeah. easy like um, analog in the uh, Marvel universe of just like the Hulk has like a specific like characteristics that you identify with that are di- entirely different than Bruce Banner. And uh, you get that sense and you get that like Ghost Rider is going to be kind of this like wacky, like cool, like, he, but uh, he just doesn't have anything. He's just really, really bland. He, yeah, like, he just makes a few like dad jokes. Yeah. And it's and just like, yeah, he's nothing. He's just. I think he like turns to a criminal at one point and just goes like crime, bad, and yeah. then like attacks him or <laughs> yeah, something like yeah. that. And he just, it, it, which is funny, he's like being used as a tool by, you know, an uninteresting devil. Yeah. So he's just a mindless, uninteresting tool. Right. But those like few little uh, insights to like, oh, it, it would be cool if this had, he had like a wacky sort of humorous persona if, behind this. If the eight ball and jelly bean humor were to be taken and kicked up a notch yeah. and his motorcycle was like carpet from Aladdin yeah, and yeah, had yeah. all this fun personality. They, they show like that one scene of where his motorcycle has a little bit of autonomy and it comes Very through him like a horse. small, like quick little hint that the motorcycle might have like a mind of its own. Right. Where it's just like, hey, we gotta go. It like turns on mm-hmm. but if the motorcycle had a fun personality and maybe even jokes where the ghost rider's looking badass and he kills somebody but then the motorcycle's mad that they think an oil change or whatever and it like <laughs> it like kind of like goes forward and he falls yeah. you know and like just silly stuff or, like that yeah or he's about to get like taken out by a bad guy and the motorcycle like comes and bumps into the bad guy and hurts him yeah you know, yeah like, comes saves the day or just maybe so- even like nick cage goes too far and he's too much of a bad guy and the motorcycle's like hey you know, we're yeah. still superheroes. Yeah, that's you know? his, like, moral center. I mean, um, that's a very silly idea, but the only good things about the movie is, like, the silliest parts. Right. And um, I just want to say before we forget, I think what really turned this movie into just a bad, horrible movie to the worst movie was the scene in which him and his love interest, uh, what's her name again? Eva? Eva Mendez. Yeah. Eva Mendez. Um, he finally name. comes clean with um, what's been going on for the past like forty years of yeah. his life, and explains to her what the Ghost Rider is and all that stuff. And it's done, like with no emotion. It's done as if your mom is trying to explain what the movie's about to somebody, like one of their friends. Yes. That's how he explains. It's poorly what describing his, the movie to po- someone else. Yes, poorly describing, no emotion, kind of just like, this is kind of what it is, and she doesn't believe him, and he doesn't even get really upset, but he doesn't play it like, of course she doesn't believe me. He just kind of, bleh, like, yeah. He, he, this is another, I, I've brought this um, up that I've, I've noticed in some of his performances where he just has trouble reacting to his scene partner sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think this is another example of him just like, like she is giving him stuff for that should cause him to be like, ah, I can, I can sense that I'm losing this person and that I'm not doing an efficient job of explaining my situation. And he's kind of just like going through the rote motions of just like poorly describing his situation. Like if you don't get it, you don't get it. Not getting the reaction that he obviously wants. Yeah. And it just doesn't really care about it. So how are we as an audience supposed to care about this thing that the characters don't even, right? And, you know, it ruins the, any type of reveal. Like the Spider-Man movies did a good job with Tobey Maguire of like Mary Jane finding out that it's Spider-Man yeah. and having these moments of interaction of being like, is he Spider-Man? I don't know. Right. And then when it finally comes out, it's so much more impactful. Uh, and this was not that. And Eva did a really great job in that scene because I think she was coming over to finally like give in to the temptation of being with him Mm -hmm. you know i felt her subtext and her like uh motivation 
throughout the whole scene. And uh, Nick, Nikki was being a bad little actor. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that it, that was uh, that was a poor. He did a poor job on that scene. I hate saying that, but that's the truth, and that's our duty to Nikki. Yeah. How are you feeling? You feel like you're ready to summarize your feelings about yeah, this film? I'm ready to never talk about this movie again. All right, I'm right there with you until we hit up that sequel. No, go start two Spirit of Vengeance. That somehow got a worse review. I, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to that movie. I am actually interested to watch that because uh, we were talking to one of your roommates yesterday, and uh, I learned that that is directed by uh, the director of Crank, which is a uh, one of I really really love that movie. It's super fun. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Ghost Rider surprised me. Um, really, really tonally different in some ways uh, than the movie that I assumed this was going to be. Uh, I, I enjoyed some of those like weird idiosyncrasies that they did. I liked that they didn't just go with the standard um, like roguish, disaffected characterization for uh, Johnny Blaze. He's kind of this weird, like socially inept. Uh, like and kind of he has some sweetness like there's a moment where he's being interrogated by police and they're like doing um like good cop bad cop on him and he's like he he doesn't do the thing of just like callously not caring about their questioning and sort of like blowing the cops off he's like genuinely like trying to help them and explain to them and there's just like a sweetness in that moment that's a line where he says he he wanted to be a cop yeah, yeah, that's true. He, like, tries to relate to them. Uh, yeah, I think that was kind of the, the core moment that I was like, oh, this is, this is, they're going for something interesting. They're just not really getting there, mm-hmm. um, which I feel I like. I forgot about that. Yeah, which I feel like was uh, 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 the, the biggest problem with this film as a whole was that they, like, took all of these first steps into areas that maybe could have been interesting in some sort of a movie. Like, this, this movie under different direction could have kind of turned into a fun campy movie it could have um, been like a guardians of the galaxy-esque i think it could be really good actually honestly yeah. with with what if they had made those changes to his ghostwriter persona that would have just been like because yeah. as soon as he turned into ghostwriter i was like i don't care about any of these people interacting because he's interacting with those villains who are boring as shit totally under not not underdeveloped but just non-developed yeah they just spent no time on developing them and then he's he doesn't have any sort of like humanity in him as ghostwriter um so you just can't connect with those sequences in the movie um but yeah so um i i kind of wanted to give this movie a good bad but i just can't do it there's just not enough there um sam elliott's good though eva mendez is good Donald Logue is like does like a decent sort of performance. Sam Elliott's good because he's a good actor and he can make his shit know, but doesn't just, stink. Like him being present is uh, is nice, but that's not yeah. enough to elevate the movie. So it, it, this movie does get a bad bad from me. Derek, your thoughts? Um, it all makes sense. It tells a cohesive story from beginning to end. Um, character relationships are even somewhat believable. Um. But bad acting, boring, horrible villains, great source material, terrible execution, focusing on the wrong things, bad CGI, I was bored watching it, I hate the movie, it made me sad, I wanted to hang out with David 
and 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 I was excited to watch a fun campier movie and after it was over I was a little depressed. Yeah, it kind of ruined your day. It really did. It took me a while to get back. We had to drink a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a resounding really bad bad for me. It's it just I don't really like superhero movies in the first place. Like some of them if it's got to be a really good movie for me to like it. Like I like some of the X-Men's, uh, Guardians is fun. The Batmans were cool, but like in general, I already don't love superhero movies, and this one to me is one of the examples of like the worst it can be with how much like Hollywood preparation there was in it and how flat it is as a film to me. It's just uh, I don't want to ever talk about it again. I'm glad it's over and it's a bad bad. Okay, well we got to talk about it a little bit more in our next segment: Cage Match. Hey, buddy, ever heard of a lie? Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being until you pissed blood? <laughs> okay. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. So our current uh, standing is Joe at the top, followed by Bad Lieutenant, Dog Eat Dog, Stolen, Outcast, Pay the Ghost, Knowing. Um, I'll, I, I usually propose where it falls before we start a conversation, so I'll let you do that this week. Okay. Um, to me, um, it is... It goes pay the ghost than knowing, right? At the very yeah. bottom. I think it's just above knowing hmm. for me. As, uh, I would argue uh, this. Uh, yeah, I think this is like where our disagreements in this movie. I, I think it would be between stolen and outcast. So what? I think it's better than outcast and pay the ghost. I enjoyed the sets and the fighting choreography and a little bit of the character stuff in Outcast way more than I enjoyed anything Ghost Rider. And, mm-hmm. like, um, I'm a little bit more partial to, like, fantasy kind of stuff. But, like, I don't know. Pay the Ghost, to me, um, has those weird, co- quirky, inco-secrecies. Uh, it's hard for me to say that word. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, if you were to turn Pay the Ghost into a drinking game or Ghost Rider into a drinking game... Um, Pay the Ghost has some wacky stuff where he goes into that hobo campment of wizards and stuff that I would have more fun making fun of than uh, the campy nature of of, of uh, Ghost Rider. Um, I definitely think Outcast is more enjoyable of a movie. Like some of those fight sequences are really cool, uh, but it is pretty boring though. Yeah, I found Outcast really boring. I found Pay the Ghost ultimately really boring, and I was like, I, I was. Like, some of the, when I sort of was, was getting a feel for just how weird uh, the early establishing characterization for Johnny Blaze was, I was like, I'm like, I'm into this and exciting. Right. And it didn't deliver, but it, it, those, like, highs were much higher than anything. delivery. Were much higher than anything in, uh, in Pay the Ghost. Well, I can... The two ghost films. I can concede that, that uh, like, I particularly am, like, don't love... Uh, Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hollywood movies. Jesus. Um, superhero Super, movies. Yeah. Not really a fan of a major CGI being a part of the movie. Uh, I'm not really um, like into action that much in general. So all these things are hitting the checklist so hard. And Nick's performance, besides a little bit in the beginning that was kind of fun, yeah. is so flat and boring to me. It's like not even a Nick Cage movie. It's just he is the CGI skull man. Yeah. And uh, uh, so on that, on just like uh, examinations of his performance, I think Outcast 
He's a better performance. He has a definitely he's a, he's a, a better performance. performance. But Pay the Ghost is a pretty miserable performance. He doesn't bad. like show up like you know if you remember like how disappointed we were with his reaction to losing his son and then just like his sort of uh, like like disinterested, disaffected like performance throughout his actual like investigation to where his son went. He like never there's never an emotional stake in that performance. And like the like weirdness and and like fun bits of uh, his Johnny plays, I think do. I mean, if you, you it comes that. down to if you sit me down in a room and I had to watch another one of these movies again, I would watch *Pay the Ghost* before *Ghost Rider*. Like that creepy scene where his wife has the voice changing thing, and it's really scary. And some of the lighting and like effects and like that last sequence, I would be interested in seeing it again. Like, I don't know, I can compromise with you because this movie particularly seems to be a lot of my pet peeves all rolled into one Mm -hmm. but i if it was my list i would be very confident in staunchingly putting it just above knowing at the very bottom yeah i think um so what do we do well uh, well here's the thing i I think that if uh, i totally see your point if you if you were looking them expressly as like which film is better i think I don't know. Uh, I really didn't uh, like Pay the Ghost, and those like those those few moments didn't make it not like just boring and forgettable to me. Whereas there are things that like surprised me and subverted my expectation in Ghost Rider that uh, are going to make it like stick with me in, in, in a way um, right. where it's just just like oh that was like crazy that they did this or that they did that. Um, but it is, so if we are viewing them like on a movie, uh, just like a movie quality as a whole, like I, I see that argument for Pay the Ghost being a little better, maybe. But if we are we're reviewing it from the angle of Nick, right? That's sort of like the, the leading um, like is piece of, of his performance. Well, uh, not not necessarily his performance, but just like uh, I, like I, I think that's this good for Nikki. I think that tips the scale a little bit, right? If he doesn't show up in a film at all, and that movie is just like not great anyway, but then if he like kind of shows up in a film and he's more he's featured more prominently, he's doing more interesting things, he's more enjoyable on screen. Then it's like. Uh, and, and also, like I, I think I would rather watch Pay the Ghost and and. But like Nick got to have his. Or not, like, sorry, not Pay the Ghost, Ghost Rider. I'd rather watch Pay the Ghost. I it, like yeah. Nick gets to have his like you know, weird professor stuff. Ghost Rider, it's that like that scene where he's talking to Eva that is just. Yeah. I'm sad to be watching Nick perform like this. In but this the, movie. But I mean, I feel like for that scene, there are like. Eh, a handful that you can point to and pay the ghost like the scene of where he's informing his wife that like his son's missing and he like kind of collapses against the kitchen wall and like falls down he gets some rollers i don't think he does i don't think he cries does he yeah he shows more emotion than he does in ghost rider that's for sure uh, I don't, I don't know if check I check the tapes, dude. He, he gets a close up. He gets a. I remember he gets we, like we, a, we could go back to what we said about that scene. I know that not, both of us were like he didn't like show up in well. He our biggest problem present way in this um, was that they were trying to play shock, and it didn't come across as it. It came across as more apathy. Yeah. Um, but I do remember um, a transition where the camera gets him very close, and he does. Uh, cry in his hands and he gets some tears mm. um, which maybe it wasn't a great performance but it was better than 
most of everything that had to do with any amount of emotion in Ghost Rider to me. Yeah. So I don't know what we do here, Dave. There's this a inevitable. Scene, there's a scene where uh, Johnny Blaze is trying to court Eva Mendez. Uh, he, he runs into her. She that comes is, to interview yeah, One him. of the only scenes that does stick out in my head. And uh, fun. And he's on his motorcycle and he just starts doing all these tricks on the highway, like talking, trying to get her to roll her window down. That scene works. Can There's we, other comedic beats. Can we offer this debate to the Cage Nation? We can Boom. do that. Is it my position at the bottom right above Yeah, mine, we'll just do it. Or is it your position? And I will go with the Cage Nation. Right. Is it uh, above or below Pay the Ghost? I don't know. Are they experts? Are they... Are they are certified experts in the way that we if are? If they've doing listened it. to all the episodes, that's true. And been on with us in this journey, and we're at like a, like we are kind of at a place where neither of us really wants to budge. And if we do, it's just to concede to the other person, you know, because like I feel pretty confident in my ranking. Yeah, and so do you. So and they're well, they're very close. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't. Uh, I would put it above Outcast, and I, I'm sort of conceding to you that. It's it can go below Outcast, but I don't think it should go below Pay the Ghost. Like that would feel wrong to me. The mm-hmm. the like the little I- the idiosyncratic idiosyncratic weirdness of this movie makes it a better, more interesting film, like more fun film to me. Um, so okay. I don't know. I, I just I just really like some of the Pay the Ghost parts a yeah. lot. It, it, it'll get stuff below that. That's our number two right now. We'll find stuff that, that that it's not gonna get like pushed down to the very bottom. Well, right now it's the bottom besides knowing, right? Right, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, we we it, it, we're definitely going to watch stuff that goes that goes down oh, there. No. Um, but I but I don't think that uh, I just don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Mm. I don't think it's. Uh, and I know that this is like a weird consideration um, and maybe shouldn't be included, but I think that also like just like what this film means to Nick. <laughs> you know, it's tough because I'm I have I'm a person with opinions. And but here's the thing, like I feel like I can point to Sam Elliott, Eva Mendez, uh, the scene where he's like trying to get a date, the the jelly beans, the his obsession with TV, his obsession with the carpenters, like that's all stuff that like works and is kind of is fun and like yeah, it's put just a like, little smile on my it's face. It's just that Sam Elliott's there. Like if Sam Elliott just happened to be in if Sam Elliott was Pay in Pay the Ghost, that would be our like number three movie right now. He probably. would be the hobo wizard guy. But you can't you can't like not consider that. He's yeah. present in the film and he makes it better. He'd be better in Pay the Ghost because Pay the Ghost is better. No. What am I saying? You Pay love this movie is terrible. So, so much. God. Okay, so I, I do feel, no offense to the listeners, but I do feel a little uncomfortable because I honestly doubt that people have watched Pay the Ghost. Uh, yeah, if they're smart. And like I wouldn't want to put through someone through that or watching right. either of these movies. You're right, you're right, you're right, right. So I guess the compromise is that it goes above Pay the Ghost and under Outcast. Yeah. I think that's a fine <sighs> spot for it. I hate it. Here's the thing. There's going to be movies that are relatively high that are bad because there are so many bad movies. I know. Doggy Dog is so high. Yeah. And I I really dislike Doggy Dog. Me too. I might. It's like third, right? Yeah. Right under like Joe and, and Mad Lieutenant. Yeah. 
And there's such a huge like gulf of quality between Bad Lieutenant and Ducky Talk. Bad Lieutenant and Joe, I thoroughly enjoyed watching both of those, and I like are just without qualifiers, yeah. good movies. It, it is so funny though, because the gulf between those two top movies and then everything below it, which is in such like tight contention for like mm, placement. Bad. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like these two that are like very very secure, and that we really didn't have to uh, discuss that, that much their placement, and then everything below that were like. Oh, this is like managing the trash. (laughs) Like, which like animal species are you going to eat? You know, like (laughs) how do you decide? Yes. Um, Um, But yeah, I think this is the better of the two ghosts. All right. Okay. Yeah, you're okay with that. Yeah, maybe I was in a bad mood too, or something. I don't know. I but I I also think that like uh, if you, I will put an asterisk that I'll put um, Ghost Rider above Pay the Ghost, but. If I had to, if I was in some mystery science theater situation where I had to watch another one of these movies again, it would have been Pay the Ghost, mm-hmm. not Ghost Rider. That's fair. But, you know, it's it's easier to dog on Ghost Rider because it is such a huge Hollywood movie. Whereas Pay right. the Ghost was kind of like, um, it didn't have the huge yeah. companies and names behind it. So it was like, oh, it's cool that they did this. Right. The, the successes of that film had more of an impression because it was in more of an underdog position, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like having a movie be this bad with uh, Eva Mendes and Sam Elliott and, and Nick Cage in it, uh, that's a harder thing to fuck up if you have that talent in your film. Whereas, like, Pay the Ghost is... Um, well, now it's making me think Outcast is way too high. They're all too high. I mean, Hayden is uh, the protagonist in Outcast. Right. Nick isn't even in it for more than, like, 20% of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, me personally, I would put it above Outcast. Yeah, well... But it, it, we don't have to have that conversation. Yeah. I know you already have. I mean, I don't feel good about any any of it, no matter what it is. No, what... what uh, in your mind, um, what what is your like um, argument for it being uh, being uh, below Outcast? Why Ghost Rider is below Outcast? Yeah. Um, do do you do you feel like you go would go to bat for that, or do you? Yeah, I, I would like say um, the bad guys are way more interesting in Outcast. Yeah, definitely. Way more interesting, like all of them, even the foot soldiers, and especially the like main villain. Like, mm-hmm. the son of the emperor who murders his father and is looking for his little brother. Yeah. Like, he's, you know, deplorable, but he's not, like, um, completely ununderstandable. And he's got two really cool swords. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that that would be one reason. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, 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 I'm totally in agreement. I think that this, uh, Outcast is probably a better movie and a more interesting performance from Cage. The little bit that we do get of him, yeah, and he's I like got him some, more. Yeah, and his thing with his wife is believable. Yep. Like I feel, I can feel their history a little bit. Yep. Um, okay. Okay, that's fine. Then. Cool. Uh, so our current stack ranking right now is Joe, Bad Lieutenant, Dog Eat Dog, Stolen, Outcast, and uh, Ghost Rider, Pay the Ghost, and Knowing. Stolen it's up there, long. dude. Stolen's up there. Yeah. Stolen. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, Doggy Dog is Sneaching stolen. my dough, baby. <laughs> yeah, you, you might mistake those from looking at this list that those are decent movies. They're not. They're bad. They're, they're dear bad. listener, they are not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's move into a little segment that we call Cage News. Oh, my God.
Uh, update on the ankle break. Yeah. How's Recovering? He, how's he doing? He's uh, in a, um, a six-week recovery period right now. He's going to head back to Bulgaria early June to resume six work. Six week? Yeah. Hey, you know what happens when the, like, star breaks an ankle like that is the crew gets to be paid to just to hang around. Yeah, in Bulgaria. That would be fun. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, so have, have, have fun out okay. there, uh, 211 crew. Uh, the, yeah, the film's bank heist film called 211. Um, but anyway, Nick's resting good. in Los Angeles somewhere maybe nearby. Oh, my gosh. He could be listening. Nick? Nick? Is that you? Oh, my God. He's peering in through the window. It's a flaming skull. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, another fun uh, flaming skull fact. Uh, Nick has a ghostwriter ca- tattoo that they had to cover up in this movie. Oh. oh, speaking of covering up, he wasn't covering up in that one scene. And he is, he, 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 Nick has abs in this movie. Honestly, I think some of those abs are CGI. There, there is a bit of a, a controversy online, I guess, in... Really, it's a thing? Okay. So this was a piece of trivia in, an IMDb, in the IMDb trivia section. Uh, Mark Thomas Johnson, the director of this film, on the commentary for Ghost Rider, angrily, like, says... This it, there was no CGI in this scene. I know that there's like internet speculation, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this yeah. was Nick. I, I could see. That. I mean, he he's uh, I mean, dedicated I, to his form. I, if this if this um film was a uh, was the barometer for how much trust I would give Mark Thomas Johnson, it's pretty low. So I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't necessarily necessarily buy that because he is looking very like oiled up and, and yeah. shredded. I feel like that's one thing that Nick would particularly be kind of off-putting about is like his staunch defending of no cgi on his muscles yeah I, totally it would be like i love nick and, and the actor and stuff but like if i was sitting at the dinner table with him and he was like i feel like he'd get too upset about it yeah and it'd be like nick, who cares yeah I and know. i'm and i'm sure that's probably the just stems from having a career where um you started like Bald, he started like aggressively balding i watched a, an appearance mm-hmm. from him in the mid uh 80s of him like as like 21 years old and he's just like starting barely any like he has long hair but it's like so far recessed Mm. um and i I wonder if there's just like growing up on camera in that way right uh has like led to certain insecurities hey we'd love to just talk about it maybe we're all it's all speculation no we would never touch that yeah (laughs) you're right that'd be so gave us the honor of coming on the show yeah of course uh (laughs) It's suck your dick. Yeah. <laughs> Who just uh, blow that ego up. But um, what was I going to say? Um, News? His ankle's better. Oh, no. But just like one last thought on uh, Ghost Rider. There, oh. there was that scene where he had... It, it was So at, that scene where, when he's in the mirror shirtless, uh, it, it's like after his first transformation, he's like, what happened? Like, what's going on with me? And he's like trying to like surprise himself and like turning his back to the mirror and then like jumping in front right, of it and like yeah. saying it, it sort of was re- reminiscent of that uh that paul rudd scene from that what's that movie where he goes and joins that commune with jennifer aniston oh and my he's like did your brother or something like that no, no not no, that no. one it's the one where he's like trying to psych himself up to have sex with some woman i don't think i saw that and it's just funny. like it, at the end of the movie uh their whole blooper reel is just like him improvising like psyching <laughs> himself up and it was just like oh this would have been like a, a really fun opportunity but it was just like over very very quickly and like he doesn't really yeah. do any fun, fun that's a fun. kind of little 
sequence that an actor like Jim Carrey, you can just oh yeah, just start the camera and like roll out an entire like film reel. Or maybe like options. earlier in Nick's career, he could have mm-hmm. killed that, but yeah, he just doesn't true. in that's that true. moment. Yeah, he really doesn't. Um, Is he tired or something? Yeah. Anyway, uh, continue to feel better. Get that ankle, keep that on ice, keep that elevated. I don't know what to do with a broken ankle. Well, we'll be there when you finish that movie, bud. Also, Valley Girl, one of Nick's, I think it was uh, his second film, being remade. Wow. No involvement on Nicolas Cage, but uh, uh, that popped up when I was researching the new segment. little reboot from the early Nick, Nicky. Also, uh, this is going to be a quick one, but we got a couple uh, updates in The Bachelor Minute. Oh. <laughs> This season on The Bachelor. <laughs> oh, Derek, the return of Derek's favorite segment. I like it um, almost as much as Ghost Rider. Alexis, uh, our favorite Bachelor contestant. She's who, on Bachelor Island of Horrors well, or something. Well, we right? hope that she's going to be on BIP, Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor okay. in Paradise. But we don't know for sure. Um, Alexis Waters. When I say Island of Horrors, I mean the men and the women. Let's uh, pull it up. This is today on her Instagram uh, story. Wow. What, what do you describe? Um, what do you describe? What do I describe? <laughs> I start using my phone, distracting myself. Well, it's uh, well, freshly purchased. Um, yeah, fresh see, out of the bag. I can see the wrappings and the barcode. Um, pretty well-detailed, high... Like uh, pixels per inch printing of the cage, yeah. Uh, party mask, yep. Uh, with string, and if you'll remember the uh, scene that we reacted to on one of our first episodes of Nick the Bachelor mm-hmm. uh, in a haunted house. Honestly, I wonder if it's the same haunted house that Nicolas Cage used to own. Oh my god! Because he did own a, a ha- one of the most haunted. Haunted, whatever. Haunted quotation marks around that. Hey, that's a real thing. Um, it's real. <laughs> I'm just holding this in front of you for a minute. I can't straight get, I can't get <laughs> You can't take your eyes away from it. But anyway, uh, if you remember, listener, um, it, it, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> describe this sequence that happened at The Bachelor. Uh, Alexis had revealed that one of her phobias, aliens, and then followed up by Nick Cage. Those are her two greatest fears in the world. Nick the Bachelor, Nick uh, Vile, put a mask on in this haunted mansion and came over and and forced Alexis to kiss Nick Cage on the lips, and it was so traumatizing. And I think that was maybe the same mask. Maybe. This one looks nicer. It does look nice. I want to get a couple of those um, for for us. Also, uh, Rachel Lindsay's season starts in like two weeks. Okay. I don't know if we're going to have... And Alexis is not involved, so I don't know if we'll have any cage news, but maybe uh, I'll try to, uh, to find a way to ham-fistedly include <laughs> updates and reactions to that that new season of The Bachelorette. I'd rather live in a cage. Um, no, Derek, Derek's just putting up a front, guys. He's mad interested in The Bachelor universe. He's part of Bachelor Nation. <sighs> um, but anyway, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, ooh. Oh. Uh- I, I wanted to try a new way of determining our uh, the movie that we're going to watch next week. Mm. So, Derek. Yeah, we've been a little poll crazy, right, lately. So Yeah, we're not doing a, a poll on Twitter, but we might do that next week. But uh, this week, I'm going to ask you to pick a number between 1 and 21. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And I have to choose my displeasure? Yep. Uh, 1 and 21? 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now put yourself in the cage headspace. What would he choose? Three. He choose three. Oh, wait. He choose three. I'm. I think that's a fun choice. Uh, we are going to watch the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Hey. hey. I like fantasy. Alfred Molina, Jay Baruchel, 2010, I believe. I know so much about the Sorcerer's Apprentice. I don't know why I've never seen that movie. Um, yeah. I don't really know anything about it, but that's a fun title. Yeah, and I like I like both of those. I like uh, Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel and Nick Cage, like, together. Like, you know Jay Baruchel? He's, like, uh, he's in Knocked Up. He's, like, the very, very skinny dude that lives with Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's also an undeclared. Um, I know that little tweet. <laughs> that little tweet? <laughs> that little dweeb? <laughs> twerp? What were you trying to <laughs> All of it. <laughs> You're trying to combine twerp and dweeb. Uh, but, yeah, no, that could be really fun. Uh, Nick's right. got like long stringy hair and a beard in it I yeah. think and it's like it's kind of like, like a I, Disney family friendly adventure I dodged a bullet there I think yeah no I, I'm I think that's a uh, I, I wasn't gonna pick three but when you said go in the cage's head oh wow I feel like he would have picked a really bold like early number like oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, like yeah. number one or yeah. two or three or a b c d e f g h i j k l m n o p q r s t u v w x y z yeah, <laughs> and we didn't even get that on video. Yeah, you're gonna have to edit that waveform. Yeah, I might just cut that secret. <laughs> no, that's great. That was inspired, Derek. You channeled him. Thanks. You really uh, got into that headspace. Feels good. It's that big old copy you brought me. Yes, sir. Um, but that'll do it, listeners. Thanks so much, Cage Nation. Yeah, it, wanna... it was a long one this week. Sorry, I put up such a stink about Ghost Rider. I felt like that went great. Oh my what? god! Until now, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> um. If you would, if you wouldn't mind, please uh, drop us a review on iTunes. We appreciate that so much. And remember, promises is smoochies for whoever reviews this show. And uh, write in, right? I want to, I want to read someday. Contemporarycage at gmail dot com. Otherwise, also you can get in touch with me on Twitter at dhres or uh, the Cage Pod at Cage Pod. Yep, you can, al- you can also find really cool music videos at Rain Songs Music on yep. Twitter and Instagram. More Instagram because it's, you know, images and stuff. Uh, Facebook.com slash Rain Songs Music. Uh, find our YouTube. Get some cool music oh. in your ears. Oh, you know what, Derek? What? I just had such a good idea. I would love, I, I don't know if this is cool mm-hmm. with the artists, but I'd mm-hmm. love to maybe uh, each week drop in a different uh, section from those songs oh, yeah. for our of theme course. song. Yeah, they'd love it. Because especially the, I mean, there's a lot Lots of great um, songs that you've put up so far, but uh, this past week, I, I loved the song that you did this It's a popular week. one. She's such a gorgeous, beautiful talent, Carly Mary, and her song Sweet Setting. Sweet. Yeah, really dug it. I've been listen- listening to that one on loop since it hit. Yeah, um, I think it got uh, less of like an amount of people who saw the video, but those people who have seen it keep watching it yeah like it, it's got like a, a slower rate of like a core audience that keeps over re-watching it instead of like a big saturation because it is just a treat to hear and, and you know what listeners uh, i'm gonna drop that in as our outro music this hey, week so there you go comes. rain songs check it out okay bye guys bye